The North Fork A Weekend podcast is brought to you by Sherry Winter Parker of Corcoran. Sherry is the North Fork's top real estate agent and top producer from 2005 through 2021. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the North Forker Podcast. I am Grant Parpan. I'm joined by Michalina DeFont. How's it going, Michalina? Hey, Grant. How are you? I am doing just great. And Tara Smith as well is here. Hello, hello. Hey, Tara. So we are talking about the April issue, which is hitting newsstands this week. And it is our spring homes issue. We're doing two homes issues this year, another one coming up in the fall. But this one is for spring. So it is all about, you know, getting that garden ready. And, and uh, you know, but not just that. It's also got these features. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but looking at some of these houses, I got some serious house envy. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. It's hard not to. I mean, the, the photos and the homes and the amazing projects in this magazine are so breathtaking and inspiring. And it's the perfect time of year to kind of think in that space. So really love this magazine so much. Absolutely. And the first story we're going to talk about, Tara, you wrote, and it is, the headline is, Helping You Conquer the Chaos. Yeah. So it's springtime. People are starting to clean out those closets and get their home ready for uh, warmer weather. Uh, This story was interesting because I personally am addicted to TikTok. The algorithm's always showing me videos of home organization and cleaning. And it sounds kind of stupid, but people make videos of them like restocking like their refrigerators in a really aesthetically pleasing way. And they get millions of views, including me, and are actually very calming to watch. Um, So with that in mind, it's no surprise that some home organization businesses are popping up here in the North Fork. I spoke with uh, the owners of two of them. The first was Mia Russell. She's a young lady from Southhold. Um, She actually opened up a little bit about her OCD diagnosis and that journey. Um, And I think it's really awesome that she's been able to channel that into something really beautiful and positive and something that helps other people kind of take control of the chaos in their space. I also spoke with uh, Sophia Leoresis. She is starting a company called The Graceful Space, which I just love the name. She is more of a minimalist in style. Um, so they have two different kind of philosophies and approaches, but, um, you know, are both really open-minded and can help you, you know, whether it's a, your whole house, whether it's a room in your house, a pantry, um, you know, can come in and and help you create, um, both of them said like systems that work so that they're not just coming in and cleaning and it's a one-time thing, um, but they're leaving you with these systems in place so you can actually keep up with it, hopefully. Um, And I I just love, you know, the idea of letting someone in physically to your space and also emotionally. I'm sure it's not the easiest thing to do, Um, but this gives a really good insight, I think, into their methods. And if you're on the fence about a space in your home, I think it's worth giving this a read and considering their services. Yeah. So Sophia is a good friend of mine. um, And she, you know, she was always at my house and she came over and we were talking about my playroom. And I mean, I think that Mm. playrooms are like a really tricky space to organize because kids are constantly in there making a mess and throwing things back and you just kind of get overwhelmed. How long does that last? (laughs) Well, so actually, um, well, for Michalina, I think it lasts a little (laughs) longer than it does for me. (laughs) But Sophia gave me great advice about what I should do and the types of storage I should use. And it's worked. And so, yeah, talking about those systems, it really does make sense as to what you should put and where you should put it and and how to organize that space so that um, you can continue with it and that it kind of works into your home. And even if you have small children, um, you know, it, it doesn't 
make it it's not it's not a challenge to keep up with that so uh, yes i can definitely speak firsthand that these organizers work for sure cool and reading that article i feel like there are some useful tips that you know that you can take away from this, even if you're you're not necessarily in the market to uh, to, to hire a, a somebody to help you with this. I think there's enough here that you can uh, you could take and apply uh, to yourself, even if it's just a slight change of mindset. Uh, next story we were going to talk about was written by Lauren Parker and Michalina. You were going to talk about it, and it is about interior designer Hadley Wiggins Marin. Yeah, so this is an amazing story. Um, Hadley's aesthetic is just so different than any other that I've seen. Um, she is amazing at kind of blending the old with the new. Um, she, in the story, she talks about how, you know, trends are tricky. I think people want to kind of go towards trends when it comes to interiors and home design. But um, she really makes the case for that if you are um, kind of blending things um, from different eras and different um, times, that it kind of makes such more of a personalized space and um, kind of gives it a lot more character. Um, it's incredible what she does. And, and she talks about how she she uh, gets inspired and how she sources things, and she um, she's amazing. Yeah, she's a, she's definitely someone who you'd want to look to for that inspiration. Um, and she has the ability to zone in on these pieces that you know maybe I or other people would just completely bypass and think like, oh, that would never fit in my home. And you know, she has this great capability of putting it together and making it look cohesive, um, even though it's just from such different times. Um, yeah, her her palette is amazing, and she's really talented, and she's also a really good human. So big fan of her. I think with a lot of these stories uh, this month, there's this sort of theme that the pandemic sort of changed the way people lived, and they spend more time in their house, and they think about their house dif- houses differently. And uh, that's true for a story that Charity Roby wrote about the uh, business Yard Crop. Uh, the headline in the magazine is Building Community, One Garden at a Time. It's the story of Kirsten and Paul Kasicki, who uh, launched this business Yard Crop in 2020, and they work on gardens across the North Fork. They will help you start your garden. They will help you maintain your garden. And I think to me, when I read about this, the genius in this business is that people were out here and they were at their homes a lot in 2020, and maybe they are not in 2022. They might be back in the city and not able to necessarily tend to their gardens as much, and they can help you, you know, not only design, but maintain your garden and uh, keep it going so that when you are at your house, your garden is in peak condition. And I just think it's 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 such a cool business. Uh, I love the photos for this one as well. Um, you know, so much of... Uh, of what we're seeing in these pictures are just so, so bountiful and colorful and pretty. And uh, I definitely think people should check out that article to learn more about yard crop. Now, Tara, there's another, you know, once again, we're talking pandemic uh, mm-hmm. people here. Uh, and it's the story of Tucked Out East, which I know Michalina was an Instagram that uh, that you came across and pitched this story. And oh, man, sp- I mean, speaking of house envy. Oh, my yeah. God. So they, Julie and Tom bought a house out in Mattatuck during the pandemic. They were feeling really cramped in their one bedroom in Brooklyn. And the North Fork had always been an escape for them. So they, they made the leap. Um, they found a beautiful home in, in Mattatuck from... Uh, 1901. And they started an Instagram account to kind of document the changes and updates they were making to it. Um, Small renovations, big renovations. Um, And I think we came across their page and just found it like super satisfying. And we were like, hmm, I wonder if there's more to the story here. Mm -hmm. Um, So we reached out and we we chatted a little bit. And what struck me more, you know, that more about the... um, But beyond the decor, beyond the painting and little updates they were making to 
you know, build this family home was the history of the house. So Julie actually shared with me that at the closing, they received a box of old memories and mementos and postcards. It's like a dream come true. Yeah. Like, can you imagine like being at the closing of your house and like having a journal with like someone writing a passage about like a party that was held in in your house in like 1920. Um, and they really wanted to try to honor that history while updating their house. So they actually have a, a picture of uh, Hattie and Chubb. That was the couple that built <laughs> the house in the early 1900s. Hattie and Chubb Gildersleeve. And they're standing in front of the garage in the backyard. And it still stands today. And I think she said that Hattie was pregnant at the time. So she drew this really nice parallel about how they were starting their family. And now it's you know, that it was in that house was in the family for generations. And now it's on to them and they're starting their family. And it was just a really nice, like, full circle moment. And um, I wish them many years of happiness <laughs> filling the, their the home. Very beautiful home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and, you know, just just a nice, um, nice way to see how they've kind of breathed new life into it. Um, while honoring the history. Yeah, that home is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and those their photos and their little journey that they're documenting on Instagram, is, it's really cool to follow. And it's definitely inspiring and beautiful. Um, and also, it just feels so good. There's something like very feel good about that mm-hmm. house and good vibes there. Well, speaking of breathing new life, as Tara said, uh, <laughs> composting 101, a yeah, guide to composting, yeah. is in our issue. You know, I... <laughs> I, today, I, just before I was leaving, I poured the last of the coffee in the pot into my to-go cup and uh, scooped out the grinds and said, do I walk outside to the compost? And I just threw it in the garbage. Oh, so what, we're going to edit that out, everyone. Uh, no, no, no we're leaving it. Ears. We're leaving it. It's, it's confession, <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, it's well, the lapsed Catholic in me. If uh, you don't want to do that and would like to start composting, we have an awesome guide in here um, written by um, our intern, Julieta Throne, um, and illustrations by Kelly Frankie, which are super cute. Um, so you can learn all about composting obviously what it is and and why you should do it um so grant yes it's very good for the environment um so no more throwing your coffee grinds into the garbage um also there are different ways to do it too so you can just simply toss things in a pile which i don't know i never knew that that it was as simple as that yeah it Mm -hmm. it can be so yes that's one way um there are all different ways though there is sheet composting or lasagna composting um and these are this is done outdoors uh where you kind of layer on wet sheets of newspaper and then with your um you know onion peels and really any fruits or vegetables um some people even throw meat into their compost, but uh, I think it has to be raw. I don't know. It might attract some creatures. Might not want to do that. Definitely your coffee coffee grind. So, yep, Grant, throw those on top too. Um, there's other ways too. You can have a smaller composting bin um, and bags. They have like tumblers, all different things that kind of help to um, aid that process of actually creating um Turning the compost into soil takes a long time, but it's definitely worth it. Um, or there's worm composting also, which is cool. So you have a bin of soil and then red wiggler worms um, that compost the material for you. So, so many different ways to do it. It's very, very cool. You can use the soil for so many different things once it does break down. Um, it's just like a great guide here. So if anyone is interested in getting into composting, we have a guide to do it. Listen, red wiggler worms, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> I'm into, I'm into it. Bring them into it. Bring on the worms. Oh, All of it. Man. So cool. Oh, I know I'm supposed to. I project as this big, <laughs> strong person, but no. Uh, Hidden North Fork this month, I wrote, and it is about the Camera Obscura. Now, a lot of people out there may have seen the Camera Obscura and thought, oh, what an interesting looking shed. 
<laughs> or, oh, oh look at that abandoned art project in Mitchell Park. But so when is... you pitched the story, I was like, the what? The camera yeah. what? I, and I'm like, oh, that building? I had no idea. So, yep, you, yeah. you Hidden North Forked me too. Yeah, exactly. So Hidden North Fork in Mitchell Park, you're like, how could that be hidden? It's right <laughs> in like one of the most traveled uh, places on all of the North Fork, but it is hidden in plain sight. Tara, you went with me when we checked out the yeah. Camera Obscura for this article. It is super cool, and I would recommend people checking it out. It's open by appointment only, costs just $1. You have to call the village at 631-477-2200 during business hours, and they will help you schedule an appointment. And they said that people very rarely actually schedule appointments these days. So, well, that might be changing. So, with this yeah, that awesome might be changing with, with this article and with Dave Benthol's photos from inside where it looks way cooler than if you're actually in there. And, uh, and then it also shows the image of what you will see on the table, which is really cool even when you're in there. And uh, just, you know, beautiful. The summertime, they say, is the best time to, to do this. But what it is exactly is a set of mirrors, and it projects out onto the table much like a photograph image. And it's a live image of what you're seeing, 360 panoramic view as you swivel it around of Greenport Harbor. You can see out onto Front Street over toward um, – the uh, Preston's building uh, to the east and uh, over towards the carousel and just all these uh, panoramic views from Greenport that you can see there. Now, this is one of only six public obscures, public camera obscures left in the United States. And people come from actually all over the world to check this out. So while it's not always viewed, I mean, when we were there, the ta- the village employee who took us in there was like, we've had people come from you know, Asian countries uh, who that's what they do. They travel around, you know, we've had people come from all over the world and they spend like a minute there and then leave, you know, and they build their vacation around this experience of just seeing the camera obscure. So I think people who aren't as familiar, you don't have to be a diehard to check it out and appreciate it. So uh, I thought I would throw that in, even though it's not necessarily homes like a lot of this issue is. That's yeah, quite all right. We love it anyway. Yeah, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. I loved um, the technology behind it and like also panning out and like watching the ferries come into focus. It was a really cool experience. So highly recommend giving the village a call to set that up. And I would highly recommend picking up a copy of the April issue of North Forker. It'll be hitting newsstands. It'll be at the local wineries and restaurants and wherever you pick up your copy of North Forker. And of course, all this great content will be popping up on northforker.com throughout the month of April. Thanks for doing this, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone.